This is the Social Strategy Podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey, what's going on? This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to another episode of the Social Strategy Podcast. I am excited. This was one of those episodes, interviews, talks, chats that I have with someone that literally can change you. We talked about a term called target fixation. And it's the the example Andrew gives in the in the interview is I'm not going to take it. I I want you guys to hear it from him. It's right at the beginning of the interview. And we talk about what target fixation is. We also talk about countermind thoughts and the true mind and this thing that he's doing with Mixergy. And it, it was an amazing episode. There was a lot of stuff that I revealed about my business, about my website. Andrew put me on the spot on a couple things. And it was amazing, and I, I enjoyed it. Andrew enjoyed it. Uh, we've chatted a couple times in email, and I'm going to have something very special for you guys at the end of the episode. So make sure you listen all the way through, because right at the end, there is an offer that is coming from Andrew, directly from Andrew, with a way to take advantage of it for five of the listeners of the audience. So please make sure that you listen all the way through. I really want you guys to take advantage of this. I've been working on this for the past day, and I've already seen a difference in my focus, and I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but you'll have to listen through into the episode. You'll find out right at the end. This is definitely not your usual, hey, what did you do? And we really don't go into the Bradford and Reed days talking about, you know, Andrew Warner and his background. It's it's a different interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it without any further delay, let's go into the episode and I will see you guys on the back end. Hey, this is Vern Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. Today I have a, a very special guest. I've been teasing you guys for this, uh, about this for a little bit. And it is Andrew Warner from Mixergy. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? Good to be here. All right. So, you know, when I first, um, the way that I actually got this interview, I was at the uh, Financial Bloggers Conference and Jamie Tardy was talking to her. And she was actually giving a talk and she goes, hey, you know, if you want to take action or you need to take action on things when you find out about them. And one of the ways that I took action and was able to use it to my advantage, she got Andrew Warner on one of her interviews. And she said, you told her it was one of the best interviews that you've ever done. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can't live up to that, but I'm going to email him anyway. So right from my phone, I sent the email and here you are. So welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. Glad to be on here. So one of the (laughs) things uh, I wanted to ask was about um, online business. So, I mean, you, you interview a ton of people that start online businesses and that have their own business. What, what do you see as far as trends right now? Where do you see things going with online business? You know, I don't know much about trends. I try, I try when I do my interviews to think about what's going to be useful, not just today based on what's coming up, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you should still get into the minds of the entrepreneurs that I interview and it should affect you. It should rattle your brain. It should change the way you see the world. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear that they are moving into mobile, I don't want to hear what's new in mobile. I want to hear the thought process behind going into mobile. When they're considering or dismissing going into hardware, I want to understand the thought process that helps them decide why they're doing it. In fact, Right. I take it back. Not why they're going to, but why they did it. Why did they five years ago go into mobile? Why did they 10 years ago go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And then if I get you the thought process, then it'll apply no matter where you are, even if you don't have something that's directly related to them. Right. So, you know, with that, I, I get a lot of new, brand new business owners and they're like, well, you know, I want to start a blog and Something that was just in a recent podcast was a, a statement that a blog is not a business. 
And I've been trying to explain that to people. How, how would you best explain that? Whether a blog is a business? Yeah. I think anything, is it, could be, is it not? anything could be a business. Well, uh, you start a blog. I mean, it's not a business until it's making money, though, right? Uh, maybe there's there's some truth to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tend to think mm-hmm. that it's not a business until it makes money. <laughs> but then again, right. I'm I'm reading Jeff Bezos' biography, The Everything Store, and there's a lot of there's a long time there where he was not making money, where there was no profit. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's a business. You know, there's well, a long true. time you, where right you, where you can be losing money, right? Yeah. You well, know, before we started, one of the things that I I spent way too long looking for it, looking in my notes for looking right. online for then going and calling my wife because she's <laughs> she and I've been talking about this is a phrase. Mm-hmm. And I was going to tell you before we started why I needed that phrase. And I think you said, hold it for the interview. The phrase right. is this, it's called target fixation. You ever yeah. heard of that phrase? I have not, not until just like a few minutes ago. Here's how it came up. I had my brother over and he had a motorcycle and he started looking at these motorcycle crash videos, which why someone would want to do it. I don't know. Not if you have a motorcycle. Right. But he said, it's amazing when you watch someone just go and crash. Today, people have those go cams on their heads, those GoPro cams, and you can see what they're thinking about or what they're looking at before they crash. And it turns out often what they do is they look at the obstacle, they look at the wall, and then they crash into it. So you look at you look at them crash, and then you see they were staring at a, a tree that fell down in the road, and they couldn't take their right. eye off of it, and they crashed yeah. into it instead of swerving around it. And the reason that was amazing to me is because it's what happens to us all the time in business. We crash a lot. And I started Mixergy because I crashed. I started a new site, a new business. I was successful. I made millions in sales. I thought I knew it all and I crashed. And when I think about all the times when I crashed, I wonder why. And I realize that part of the problem, a big part is target fixation, where when I had this business that crashed, if I could go back in time and look inside my mind, what I would see is day after day thinking, What if this business fails? What if I lose everything? What if I was never successful? Who am I to get into this new business? What if uh, people see that this failed and they no longer think of me as a success the way they did before? I had target fixation. I focused on the branch that was in the middle of the road instead of the part of the road that was clear and I could have just ridden past. And that's if you were to ask me what I'm obsessed with right now. It's this whole whole approach, this whole focus. the, the idea of focus, what we focus on is what happens. And so, uh-huh. No, no, it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. I was talking to a friend of mine who also just started a podcast um, about some of the things that she's going through. And, and part of it is this, you know, am I good enough thing? And you, you get f- so focused on that that it's, it's one of those things that it seems to take you off track. Yes. And – you know, being a coach, uh, I'm a certified coach and I help small businesses all the time. It's one of the things that I have to deal with is how do you get people on track when they're so focused on what may not happen? Right. Because it's really hard when there's a branch in the middle of the road to not notice that there's a branch in the middle of the road and crash <laughs> right. into it. Right. Because it's strange, because it's different, because our minds tend to go to the thing that's, you know, the, the danger sometimes. And I had that exact same thing. I, I, I started Mixergy and I kept thinking about all the different ways that people would realize that I was a fraud because who am I to do interviews with mm-hmm. successful people and talk about, and pick even who's successful? What, I'm now the arbiter of who's successful? <laughs> what if there's no revenue for Mixergy and now I've interviewed all these successful people and there's no revenue for Mixergy and does that mean that the whole interviews were a waste of time because if it didn't work for me, why should it work for my audience? Mm-hmm. And my mind was going there. It was target fixation, the wrong area. When I was able to shift my focus to what I wanted instead of what I didn't want, the part of the road that I wanted to get to instead of the part that I was that could crash me, that's when things started to change. And that's also where beyond inter- beyond Mixergy as a business, things started to improve. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard for me not to go into – it was at the time hard for me not to go into work every day thinking, wait, you're going into an office to do interviews? Kids do video from home. What are you going into an <laughs> office? That's a, you know, I couldn't stop thinking that way. Right. And then I started to train myself 
one of the things I do is you might have noticed, uh, I don't know if your audience is going to get to see the video. They should, but I might have noticed I have beads on my hands. And I keep mm-hmm. these with me a lot and I want to be aware of what I want and I want to use the beads to bring me back to focusing on what I want. So in this interview, I walked in here thinking, what if I do a terrible job? What if this whole thing becomes another, another bad video that I put out on the internet and everyone says, well, Andrew's just this guy who I thought he was good, but he's boring when he does it himself, whatever. Oh, my mind went to all those things. My mind went to, what am I packing my day with so many things with like, I have right. another meeting after this. What if I can't make it to the next meeting? What if I have to pee in the middle of the interview? Do I announce that I have to pee? You know, like all this bullshit. Can I pull? Yeah, you can. You're, you're good. Okay. You're good. Then I realized what I want is to just tell you my story. Just focus on that. I think if I tell my story openly, then people will see themselves in it. If I try to pretend, then people won't. If I tell my story openly, then yeah, some people are going to say Andrew's a weak-minded person or what, this is a boring interview. All that's going to happen. But if I tell my story openly here and my, my, and my, my true self comes out, then you'll identify with it and it'll be helpful. And so I just walked around here actually. I just kept saying, just tell a story, tell a story, tell a story. When, it, when I was starting Mixergy and I kept focusing on all the reasons why Mixergy was going to fail, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter if millions of people don't like it. All I need are 200 people on this planet to like it enough to pay for it. 200 mm-hmm. people are going to pay for the interviews. And I walked around. I had these beads with me and I, was, I remember being on the train. And I would just say 200, 200, 200. That's what I want. I just need 200. My mind would suddenly race to, what if you can't get a million dollars worth of this? This isn't a billion-dollar business. What are you doing trying to build just interviews into a billion-dollar business? My mind would just go back to 200. I just need to get back to 200. Focus on what you want and not what you don't want, and then you'll start to see what you want happen in your life. Do the opposite where you focus on what you don't want, and you'll you'll see the same, that it'll happen for you. You know, um, it is interesting that you say that because I uh, I actually gave – very similar advice. I don't think it was, um, I didn't put it exactly the same way, but the advice I gave was, you know, you're focusing on the wrong things. Don't, don't focus on, you know, how you're going to monetize this so that you can produce an income report in a month showing how you've made thousands of dollars online. Focus on the first couple. Yes. And if you can make, you know, come up with your product first, because one of the things I think people have an an issue with when they want to start an online business that focus, is you know purely on I guess passive income something that they don't necessarily have to do all the time and and trade the dollars for hours is what do they do how do how do they actually create a product that is good enough for people to buy and I go through it too I'm in the process of developing a course and I've actually changed courses a couple times on what it is that I wanted to do because I'm just like oh this isn't good enough I got to start over and I got you know it's it's not enough information and I've only got two hours worth of videos, and I can't very well give people two hours of videos and actually pay $97 for it. That's not fair. And then I look at products that I've purchased and, you know, the thousands of dollars I've spent on this course or that course. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's not two hours worth of video in most of these courses. So it's like, why am I actually worried about it? So that's, it's, it's good that you bring that up. Target fixation. I'm going to have to uh, write that down and put it on the wall. Because as as a motorcycle rider, I've experienced that. I haven't haven't experienced it where I've crashed, but yeah, you do. You get focused on the the stuff that's in the middle of the road. And sometimes we don't even notice when we're getting distracted by the thought, these thoughts because they don't always come out. I call them countermind thoughts. You want to do something, and this part of you just counters it. Countermind thoughts don't always come out and very clearly announce themselves as. Who are you? What are you a failure to you're going to fail with this? It, they're never they're not always that explicit. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're sitting there and writing. Do you ever have this? You sit there and try to write something and you get up to get coffee. And then yeah. you come back to write and you go, well, you know what? I should check my website to make sure it's still up. It's important to see, right? <laughs> and then you come back to write and you go, you know what I should do is I should um, make sure that there are comments that are responded to quickly. Let me see if anyone even wrote anything. Then you yeah. say, you know. I should see what this other guy wrote. Let's see what copy blogger wrote, you know, but when they were starting. And your mind just goes off in those different places. Those are still countermind thoughts masquerading as to-do lists, as things that you have to do, like get coffee and go check out these sites. What if you were really to think about it, and tell me if this is true, and if it's not, be open with me. Sure. If that happens, if you really think about it, you'd notice that, hey, you know what? 
my countermind is telling me that I can't write this, that I don't know what to say, that I am not that great a writer or that n I'm not feeling inspired right now and I should step away. And that's why I'm doing those things. The I need to get coffee is a symptom. The real problem is my countermind is telling me I don't have anything to say. Does that sound right? It, it kind of does. Do you think it's more of a um... – I've always told people that I think it's a, a more a part of the human condition where we, we try to protect ourselves against things that are dangerous and things that are unknown. So, it's, you know, the thing that prevents you from walking into that dark cave is the same thing that prevents you from actually implementing in your business. You know, it's dark in there. You don't know what's in there. You don't have a light. So it's safer for you to just walk past it and not take shelter there. So it, it, I think it's the same thing in your business. You know it's safer to not go through with creating that product or doing that thing that you know may actually set you free. It's just safer to do the things that you know, like go to work every day. So what's your biggest challenge right now? I've, I've been open about all my insecurities and all my all right. challenges. Do it. What's your biggest one? You know, my biggest thing right now is how do you actually monetize a podcast? Yeah. So, you know, a podcast is great, and I learn a lot from my guests, and it's awesome to talk to people that I've idolized for years. Mixergy was actually the very first um, website that I discovered online with anyone doing anything like this, and then they just start coming out of the woodworks. The, uh, the second one that I looked at was David Simon Garland's The Rise to the Top, and I remember when he was just doing video and had a TV show. And I noticed with yours, you were doing video and audio. Well, at a, at a point, you were just doing video, and then you started doing video and audio. I was thrilled because I could take it with me. So I'm, I'm looking at all of these things that I've looked at and idolized over the years and just wondering, what in the hell am I doing? And is this, it's that whole thing where you know, it's like, well, am I, am I good enough to do this? Should, should I be doing this? You know, I haven't made a million dollars doing this yet, so who am I to tell these people how to do this or to get these people on that have done this if I'm not already wildly yes. successful? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one of the biggest challenges right now, and I fight through it. I mean, it's something that you just have to fight through. I know that it's bullshit, but – So does you know. saying it out loud, does it, does it make it more – does it give it more power to over you or less power over you to say, who am I to be doing these interviews if I haven't earned a million dollars myself? Uh, you're breaking up just a little bit. Yeah, I see that our connection stalled out there. But you're back now. Can you hear me in real okay. time? Or? Yeah, yeah, you're good. So t does it does it make it feel like it has more power over you or less power over you to have told me publicly that you think, who am I to do this when I haven't earned a million dollars? A little, a little less, actually. Every time I say it to myself, and, and when I get in that mode, I know the mode. I've identified it. It just gets me fired up to do something. So I'll, I'll make sure that I take action on something. I'll call the person that I didn't want to call. I'll do the follow-up that I've been putting off for you know whatever it is. I'll, I'll make sure I take some type of action so that it has a little less impact each time. And I've found that I've gotten further in my business that way and less frustrated about the things that don't go right, and I'm able to move past them a lot easier. And that's one of the things that we found, too, in the small group of people who've been testing this process. I call it the true mind. You want to get into the truth of your mind, what you really want, what's true, useful, and wanted, as opposed to what's distracting. And we found that by being open about those things that aren't true, the junk in our head, like I'm not going to be successful or I can't do this interview until I've earned a million dollars, then I've earned the right to interview other people who've built successful companies. By just being aware of those thoughts, it reduces their power over us. The next thing we do is we come up with counter arguments to it. We, dis we, we question it so that when it pops up in our heads, we don't just try to brush it off, but we realize that it's been disputed. We've questioned it and it's gone away. So if, if you were to question this thought of who am I to do interviews with entrepreneurs who are successful when I didn't even build a million-dollar company? If you were to question right. that, it, it, what would you say? How, how would you uh, confront that thought? Well, you know, the way that I've, I've confronted it and the way that I've helped other people that I know that are dealing with it is, you know, I just, I just tell them they didn't start with a million dollars. You have to start somewhere. And the fact that you're doing it and – no matter what level that you're at, the fact that you've taken action puts you one step closer to achieving that goal. And I, I know that for a fact that if I'm taking action 
and I'm taking intelligent action because just doing things to seem busy in your business, uh, I've gone through that too, isn't actually taking action. But if I'm taking intelligent action that actually moves me closer to my goal, then I don't feel so bad about it. And And, and if if someone's listening to you, a guy who hasn't made a million dollars or whatever the definition of success is that you have in your head, interview someone who is, who has had that success that you, that they're aiming for. If they're watching you interview them, can they identify mm-hmm. with your questions more? Can you ask the questions that they care about on the path to that more than someone who's already made it? Uh, you know, I think so. And that's one of the reasons that I started the podcast is because I found that I was having access to people like Jamie Tardy and people like you and people like Pat Flynn just being involved in social and making those connections, it was easier for me to get in touch with those type of people, the people that we're in books about and that are doing these things online. And I'm emulating a lot of that stuff that I see. So it's, it's okay. It's, it's easier for me to do it because I identify what they're talking about. So yeah, I think, I think so. I, uh, I agree with you. It's so strange that Jamie Tardy's nice. I don't know that she would spend an hour with you. I'm nice. I know I wouldn't spend an hour with you if we weren't recording this and putting putting it online. And I say that as a person who's been the beneficiary of these kinds of conversations. People who wouldn't ordinarily return my emails because they're busy would spend an hour with me doing an interview and letting me get in their heads. There's something magical about doing an interview. I think it's the idea that people want to help, but they know it's impossible to help one person at a time. And if they can help one person who can then broadcast that out to dozens of people even, let alone hundreds, maybe sometimes thousands of people, if they could do that, it's such a better efficient use of their time. It also means that when you go to when you're being interviewed by someone, they've prepared so much more than when you're just getting on a call with someone who wants to quote unquote pick your pick brain. Your brain right? <laughs> exactly. Those people never yeah. prepare. They're there to just pick your brain. Yeah. I'm here to just learn. Someone who does interviews will spend a time doing research, checking out the site usually. Right. All right. Um I want to let you continue to do the interview, but I'm still curious about this one product that you had because you want to start selling and there is a product that you have in mind. What is that product? What's the latest you know, product that you want to sell? Actually I want to do a course on networking and I keep getting pulled towards doing a course on sponsorship. I uh, Very early on in, in my online ventures and businesses and things that I've done in the past, I actually ran a pretty successful um, video game tournament company. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways and one of the things I identified is all these kids were paying all this money to go to these video game tournaments. They were competing in games like Halo, Call of Duty, and at the time Counter-Strike and stuff like that, Guitar Hero. But they weren't getting any payoff. And I just didn't think it was fair. I'm like, you know, all these kids are spending all this money. They're flying to this place, that place. I'm going for the enjoyment and happen to run into a couple of these tournaments. I'm like, this is kind of crap that these kids are putting all this effort into playing this game and they're not getting anything. So we decided to put together a company. Uh, Me and a buddy of mine did it. And one of the things I noticed is that there weren't any sponsors at these tournaments and at these events. And so I to get a product about how to get sponsorship. About how to get sponsored. And it would yeah. be on your site on vernonross.com where you're posting this interview, and yes. that's where you would get your customers. Pretty much. Okay. I may actually create another site that would be specialized for that, but that's, that's where it would start. But, is, but the idea is the traffic would come from your site where you're blogging about business and social media. Right. I see. Okay. And what you're, you're imagining a product that you sell for 97 bucks. What's keeping you from creating it? You know what? Absolutely nothing. And the one of the people that I was coaching pointed that out to me the other day. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. He goes, you know, if you hate it so much, you need to go ahead, do it, get it out of the way, put the information out there that's in your head that you're always giving people for free, and then you'll be done with it. And if you find out new stuff about it, you can just add it to the course. It's done you're done with it, and you don't have to keep teaching it. You can go on and do other stuff like teaching businesses about social and be done with the whole thing. And she was absolutely right. So I start compiling the information and putting it down, and I'm thinking I'm going to do a course on possibly Udemy or Skillshare or someplace like that okay. so that I actually don't have to go through the, um, the, the, the process of trying to put together a courseware and you know, program something to put it on my website. I was thinking about using, uh, I guess, WP Courseware, but I, I looked at that and I'm like, well, why spend money on an actual course when there are sites like Udemy and 
Skillshare where I, I can just record it. Exactly. And I can record the video and they, they send people to it. So that's kind of the, the plan now. So I'm, I'm a little bit further along than I was. Okay. But there's something holding you back. It's not just BS. There's, I think there's some reasoning behind it. I don't know if this is the right place for you to talk about it, but let's go into, you know, I'm trying to, and you know, I think part of it is you, 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 you fight with this and I know I do. Am I good enough to do this? I, you know, like, do you know I'm, enough about uh, sponsorship? Right. Yep. Because about you know, I'm, sure, on, uh, I'm, I'm checking out my my sources to see how much traffic you have. Mm-hmm. Basically, have nothing on VernonRoss.com. Right. Is that also a concern? If you go ahead and spend all this time creating it, no one's going to see it, and what's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. What else? Exactly. Is there? That's that's really it. It's like, well, you know, how do I drive enough traffic to a program that's brand new, no matter how good it is, if you can't get traffic to the site, right? It's it's you know, it's worthless. Okay. How's it so feel I, for me to have brought that up on your own program? <laughs> it, I don't you know, I don't mind because I'm pretty transparent about that. I don't get, you know, 150,000 views a month. I get a little bit, you know, 1,000 or so, but it's not going to be anything earth shattering as far as traffic. So no, that, that actually doesn't bother me. I know that. And I, I share that with people. It's like, no, I don't get a ton of traffic. I can drive traffic. And for some things, you know, I get, I, I'm getting some decent downloads on iTunes, but now traffic website traffic on VernonRoss.com is like you said, almost non-existent. Okay. Um, there was a story. I, I used to love talk radio, but there's a story about a DJ who talked about how he is number one in the market. He is terrific. And he apparently was doing this interview and he was, and suddenly he got a phone call and it turns out that the station was knocked off the air for two hours while he was doing this interview and then some, and nobody called, nobody knew it. And um, I wouldn't even know it except uh, this guy on late night talk, late night, some late night talk show talked about how he was being interviewed at the time and said, all these DJs, they talk about, they talk a big game about how big they are, but frankly, they have nothing. No one's listening. Right. And I always thought I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to be open about when I don't have traffic. I'm going to be open about what does get people to come over. Yeah. And I like that you're doing the same. There's obviously not no one on there. I, I'm exaggerating, but, but still that is an issue. And I, I get that. So are those two things keeping you from creating it? You know, I don't think they're keeping me from creating it. I think the biggest thing that was actually keeping me from it is not wanting to embrace the going down the sponsorship road. That's not really who I am at this point. It's you who I was. You don't want to be the guy who's known ago. for getting sponsorship. You want to do something else. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, and I always get approached for it. It's like, hey, you know, I know you know about sponsorship. Can you help us out with this? Can you help us with that? And you don't want to turn people down because you, you want to help, but you don't want to get boxed into doing that. It's like, oh, you know, I, I can help you with that, but I'm a lot more effective at helping you with social and getting social to drive traffic to your site. Or, what about this? Does it take too long to create a course? Uh, no, I don't think so. You could do it. What would you do? How do you even get it going? That's a good question. I um, Probably a couple weekends, really, okay. maybe 15, 16 hours dedicated to creating some um some materials to go along with it, some workbooks. You know, the knowledge is in my head. I, I would need to brush up on, you know, what's current in sponsorship, which is one of the things that, you know, now sponsorship's not that elusive of a thing. There are groups out there on LinkedIn and all types of places that you can go and find sponsorship information. What I found is lacking is no one really tells you what to say. Or they they don't tell you how to actually pitch sponsors. So that's yeah. part of what I'm putting together is I want to put together templates to help people actually go through, you know, this is step one. This is what you do. This is how you actually pitch them. Start with the PR department, make some contacts there, stuff like that. Okay. So, so, I mean, just really putting it all together and just taking the time. That's the biggest thing that's holding me back is actually taking the time. All right. And it's not, there's no sense of, oh, this is a big burden that's going to take too long. You're saying that it feels. There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. I get that. Even if something doesn't take me a long time, running doesn't take me long at all. But I often will say, oh, it's going to take me too long to go out there and run. And I want to put it off. I've been doing that. I started running uh, eight months ago. (laughs) And I hate it. Always have. Always will. I'm not going to like it, but I know I need to do it. So there you go. I I love running, 
but for a long time, the first three miles always sucked. Always painful. <laughs> Actually, I think it's because, at least for me, and I think for others also, that that runner's high and the sense of accomplishment and the excitement mm -hmm. doesn't happen till mile three. So running makes yeah. you work really hard until you find a little bit of satisfaction, and then it it gets better. Yeah, um, yeah just right when I'm about to end is when I'm like, oh, this isn't too bad. No, go ahead. See, I, I, I've been told that sometimes I take too much control of an interview that's, that's supposed to be guided at me, but I'm fascinated <laughs> by this. No, 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 that's good. See, because I think we have th three thoughts here that many people in the audience could identify with, and God knows I can, the idea that it's going to take too long. Frankly, even mm -hmm. when I know I need to just clean out my drawer and it won't take that long, I could toss a lot of things out in my head. I, I retract from doing it because I think it's going to take too long. So that's one thing. Lack of traffic is another one, right? And right. the third one was, what was that? The very first thing that you said was... Um, the fear of doing it. And being boxed in. Yeah. Right? That now you're going to be identified and do you even know enough? Right. Which of those is the most painful? The one that really is the worst? You know, I think for, for me and for most people, it's the do you know enough? Are you enough uh -huh. of an expert? Because even when you're standing up and, and giving a talk, and you know, I speak at events all the time, and it's you're sitting there, you're delivering this information. It's like, is this enough information, or is this just something that they could have Googled? And, and you know, there's someone in the audience who knows way more and is thinking, this is an amateur hour right here. Right. And there's you, you see somebody shaking their head in the audience, and it's like, oh, man, he knows this stuff. <laughs> I'm not telling them anything new. I'm a fraud. <laughs> Somebody come yep. up here and, and remove me. It's, so that's the big one. Yeah. How do you respond to that? If, if a stranger were to come to you and say, hey, you don't know enough about sponsorship, what would you respond if you were to fight back with them? You know, I, I've learned to not fight back. I, um, I, would, I would probably respond, you may be right, but I'm going to give you the knowledge that I do have. And if there's something that you learn from it, then there, you're, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have one more thing that you knew or that you know now that you didn't know when I started. I see. So if I could just leave them with one thing that they didn't know before they started, then I've done a lot. Right. And or, it, uh -huh. you know, if they can teach, if that person came up to me, it's like, well, I'll tell you what, what is it that you know that I don't know? Tell me. Right. I'm not too proud to learn. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. it I, I just don't resist that type of stuff. It, it, you never win. It's like getting into a, a internet fight with someone on a forum. You're, you're just not going to win it. So, you know, take the high road, make a nice statement and let them keep going. Interesting. So maybe I, maybe I've got something that's useful. Um, if there's only one thing that's useful in here, then I've done my job. What about, um, the idea that, there are some people out there who don't even know the first thing about advertising. Does that do those people out there exist who you can help get at least the first sponsor? Well, you know what, and that is um, that is kind of where I've been focused, that, and that's at where least I, there's that, people out there who are really good, who who right. sorry who don't know anything for whom you are really good, right? Yeah. So and and that's the thing is you know when I talk to a small business owner, it's like well you know what I may not be. The, the half all end all expert in social media, but I know a lot and I can help you drive traffic and I can help you do this or that with whatever it is that you're doing. I can show you effectively how to use Twitter. I can help you with an actual content strategy. I can help you with a lot of things that you just don't know how to do. And it's going to be at a level that's going to get you to a, a point further in your business so that you can do it on your own. And as long as I can deliver that kind of value and help them actually bring money in the door, then I've done exactly what it was that I needed to do. And have you sold ads before? Uh, yeah, I have. It's, that's not that big of a deal for me. I've been able to sell you know, ad space and stuff like that. What's the one that you're proudest of? You know, I, I've, I've never really thought about it like that. Just mm -hmm. coming from a... Um, Is there one that you happen to be proud of? Maybe not the most proud, but just, yeah, that's a good indication of what I can do. Hmm. You know, probably the, the biggest thing I was proud of uh, when we were doing the the video game thing in mm -hmm. Rockstar Games, I was able to negotiate a deal with them for us for them to pay for us to uh, do these mall tournaments where we were, um, you know, take up space in a mall and set up a bunch of Xboxes. And we were show, showcasing this game. It was a Rockstar table tennis. Horrible game. But it was a um, they were testing their physics engine in one of the games. And so they put this 
crappy game out. But the fact that we were able to negotiate, getting them to pay for the mall space, getting them to send us like hundreds of T-shirts and a bunch of stuff to give away. It was an awesome event for us. And we were able to, you know, really help GameStop advertise and you know they saw a huge like 20 30 percent uptick in traffic and in actual sales on the weekends that we did the did the tournament so we could justify that hey look we did this you guys saw an increase in sales so yeah that was that was one of the most the brands that you got in touch with that's impressive yes most people can't get tech support at those companies to return their calls and you got them to actually pay you exactly so that was that was fun and i did um the rockstar thing i did it all over um aim aim Really? Instant Messenger. Yeah. I never even talked to the guy until the week before they had to actually cut us a check. So it was all through email and Instant Messenger. So here's what I have for that one. That I asked you, what's the toughest, uh, the, the most painful thought the, or the one that has the most power? It's, I don't know enough. And then when we talked about it, you said, well, you know what? There are newbies out there who don't know anything. I may not know everything, but they don't know anything and they could definitely use me. Another one was I can leave most people with at least one concept that will help them with ad sales. Um, I've sold ads before, which most people who teach online just can't say. They teach something that they've never done before. And you've actually even negotiated a deal with Rockstar for mall mall tournaments, and you got all that off of AOL Instant Messenger. Most people can't even get a date off of AOL (laughs) Instant Messenger. If they tried, I remember seeing that. Uh, So are those true or are we just deluding ourselves I think a lot of it is delusion, to be honest. I mean, no, um, I mean the the I don't know enough. That's what you're saying is the delusion. Yeah, that's the delusion that the I way don't we're know fighting enough. back to, with it with that thought, which is, hey, newbies really need me. That is true, isn't it? Oh yeah, I think so. That's not happy, clappy, warm and fuzzy thought. That is true. There are newbies who don't know anything who could use someone to guide them. Oh yeah, every yeah. time I, I talk to someone, it's validated. So. um I bombed. At least I felt like I bombed. Uh, nobody would tell me that I did. There was a there was a marketing meeting, and I was asked to speak at it. I'm a uh, I'm a board member of our local social media club, and they they asked me to speak at this event. It's for the Regional Arts Commission here in Missouri. Went to it, prepared for it. Was talking about video and Instagram and and Vine and a couple other companies uh, tout video and. That was actually going to be the name of the talk, and it ended up turning into more of an Instagram thing because tout is really not valid anymore with Instagram doing 15-second videos. So I'm giving this talk, and I just think the, the talk was horrible. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. It was just one of those days where I, my thoughts just weren't coherent. It wasn't coming across as smooth as I'd like for it. I wasn't as relaxed. I don't know what happened. But before the meeting, I was talking to a director of this STL 250 uh, celebration. It's the 250th year that St. Louis is a city, and we're celebrating it. She had a question. Uh, the, the lady that invited me asked me to talk to her about social media. She's like, hey, um, you should meet Aaron. So I, I went and I was talking to her, and she asked a question about their social and and what their message was and how they were delivering their message. And so we start talking, and I just start rattling off information and we ended up drawing some stuff out. And at the end of the 10-minute conversation before the actual event started, she goes, wow, I would have had to pay a consultant like five grand to give me the information that you just rattled off the top of your head in 10 minutes. You got to get involved with this. And so now I'm involved with that on their social media task force. So that was some validation. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, OK, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bad. <laughs> so that's. You know, that's kind of how it, I, I validate the fact that there are people out there that I can help. And she's not, she wasn't a newbie. She knew what she, she knew her stuff. So when I get people that don't know and I, I deliver them just a little bit of information and their head's like, oh my God, wait, stop. It, that helps. That helps a lot. I, and I'm actually just confirming what, I mean, just checking out your background, confirming that you have the background. We're talking about a system administrator. Right? You did that for 13 oh, yeah. years? Yeah, I still do that. I'm, That's not I'm an still, easy thing to do, right? Oh, no. I'm still in Cubicle Nation. So, yeah. Oh, you are? That's who you do? Oh, yeah. Why did I see that? Yeah, oh, I, I, don't, I don't highlight it. It's not something that I highlight or talk about okay. outside of work just because of the, the type of company I work for. All right. Um, my sense is, too, that there's more underneath there, that I, I got some of 
I call them countermine thoughts. I got some. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know enough, and I love that you're willing to talk about that. Lack of traffic. This is going to take too much time. My sense is if we were to spend more time together, you and I, we can come up with even more of these things. And they are – these countermine thoughts are where maybe you're not noticing that you're spending a lot of time. But I, I notice more and more that I – that I spend way more time on those thoughts than I should. Right. Like, what's another one that came to me that I'm almost that? See, I don't want to be presumptuous and I don't want to be a jerk on on this interview. I want no, no, go. I do go want us it. to get real. I don't want to do another right. interview where someone says, "How much money did you make with Bradford and Reed?" When they know the answer because it's all over the the internet, and they say, yeah, "What about Mixer G? What's Bradford you know?" Like we've done it. Right. Sorry, you have it in your research, don't you? Yeah, I, w- I wasn't going to ask you about that. I know, I know <laughs> about the old days. Anything, of but I keep sending out every time I do an interview. I keep emailing. Uh, I keep tweeting it out because. When I do an interview, I want to tweet out so that the audience, so that the person who interviewed me gets some audience for it, and as a way of saying thank you and to show it to my audience. But then I realize I'm tweeting it out. I'm tweeting out the same interview over and over. Right. Right. So I'm glad that you and I could just get real here. No, no, that's fine. I, you know, one of the things I did want to ask you: you were you were like a million dollar affiliate for CJ.com, right? Yes. How how in the hell did you do that? Because you know I talk to people all the time about monetizing their blogs. And, you know, one of the things I tell them, well, get into an affiliate program that helps your audience. Don't just join one just to join one because it has a high payout. Do something that's going to help. So, you know, if you're talking about web stuff and SEO and that's your thing, put an affiliate program on there that actually complements that and that you use that you can talk about. How did you do that so many years ago? What we used to do was... um... We we had greeting cards that we were doing hundreds of thousands of greeting card sends a day. And right. after you'd send out a greeting card, I would say, well, do you want this? And that this would be um, often a product that we got from an affiliate program that we would get paid for introducing you to. So you'd see an interesting greeting card. You'd mm-hmm. come to our site to send it out to a friend, address it, and so on, write your cute message, hit submit. Right, right. We send it out, and then we say, and by the way, now that we've sent it out, Vernon, we thought you might be interested in this. And frankly, I don't know that I've ever said this publicly, but one of my sales processes, one of my ways of opening doors was I would use Commission Junction, really mm-hmm. blow out the affiliate by sending as much traffic as I could to that company. First of all, test it on a small scale to see if it's worthwhile, and then blow it out just so the person on the other end of the affiliate program would contact me and say, you're amazing. How do we do business with you? And then I would say, okay, let's talk about how we can do something much bigger <laughs> than this and integrate you in. So that was my way of just getting them to call me back because I wasn't in Silicon Valley. I wasn't mm-hmm. uh, part of the cool kids. I wasn't... Um, I wasn't known and I didn't have a team of people who could open the door for me. And so this was my calling card. I was going to bombard you with so many orders right. in a short period of time that you would have to then want to follow up with me. So so how how would you do that today? How would someone do that today? It's not the same environment. I think there's there's always something. I don't know everyone's situation. I think you just need mm-hmm. to be much more aware of what's there. Much more I – mean, this is not – as practical as someone would like, but well, let's let's go for more practical then. On a practical level, it was find a way to build a machine. I'm listening. I'm reading the uh, Jeff Bezos book, um, mm-hmm. The Everything Store, and one of his epiphanies was to build this flywheel that they needed to create a, a virtuous cycle where they reduce prices, and then as a result, I'm, I'm not getting this exactly right, but it was something like reduce right. prices. As a result, you get better better prices from your wholesaler, mm-hmm. and then because of that, you can reduce price. Actually, yeah, you reduce prices further, which brings in more customers, which then allows you to reduce prices even more. And the more that they could do that, the better their business got. And once they got that, and this sounds very basic, the way that I just expressed it, but they had much more meat on that system. And once they understood it, it felt like their business just took off. And for me, it was, and for everyone, I think it's just find that way to build that cycle. Back in the greeting card business, it was, you send out a greeting card to five of your friends. I need to get at least two of those friends to send out a greeting card in the future. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. or one of those friends and then get you to come back. So I said, how do I do that? Well, the way I can get you to come back is when you send out a greeting card, I can say, 
I could put a pre-check checkbox on that send form that says, do you also, Vernon, want to know about other great greeting cards that are coming out next week? Be one of the first to know. <laughs> right. Many people would leave that checked. Yeah. And then when the recipient got a greeting card, we would say, hey, recipient, did you know that you can also you should also send Vernon back a greeting card? Click this button and it's all pre, pre-addressed and it'll go directly to Vernon. And so every time someone new sends out a greeting card, they're introducing two new people as part of this process to our, to our site, to our way of thinking. Right. And that allowed us to keep growing. There was a certain point where I didn't realize that you maximize the greeting card sending audience. At some point, they're all <laughs> sending it to themselves. Right. You know, right. a grandmother is much more likely to send it to a child than a child back to a grandmother. So once you get the grandmothers, mm-hmm. you're... And as many kids as you can, you're pretty much done. And so right. we hit our max, and then we were then we had to think about what else was out there. So getting getting away from the greeting card story, you've told it. I know you've told it, and you just expressed your frustration about telling the same stories on interviews. So I don't want to do that. What um a question that I got about Mixergy, and I was just talking to people that I know, and you know, just flipping out about the interview, and it's like. How do you how do you get people the people that you talk to the experts that you talk to that have gone through this pain and built their business how do you get them to actually sit down and go through in detail the stuff that you put in your masterclass courses because that is that is perplexing to me how how and why would they do that and how do you get them to do that is there do they get paid on the back end do they get a share do they just do it out of the kindness of their heart or wanting to contribute back. How does that work? I saw that that's something you're curious about. Um, so I was just on Quora looking at Mark Suster's uh, and all the questions related to Mark Suster on Quora, just out of curiosity. And one of the questions that I was curious about popped up. It was, does thisweekend.com pay Mark Suster, a well-known venture capitalist, to host a show on This Week? And he hosts a show weekly. And mm-hmm. he hosts it with research, and he hosts it by putting his name on the show and then therefore attaching his name to this project, to this business this weekend. Does he get paid, and how much does he get paid? And I clicked over to see the answer, and it was Mark himself answering it, and he said, I don't get paid anything, even though they offered it. Oh, wow. Because I believe there's so little money in each one of these programs for him to make that it's mm-hmm. just not worth it. What he wants is for all the energy that they would put into getting him paid for them to put that – this is just me speculating – for it, them to put that energy into getting his show out there and to creating a product he could be proud of. You know, A few thousand dollars is, is nothing for him. A really good product is everything, something that really matters that helps people. Same thing Perfect. with the people who teach on Mixergy. They don't want the few bucks that they would make from being a Mixergy course leader. But they do want to know that beforehand we prep them well, that afterwards we take good care of their what they've taught, that our audience is a good audience, you know, not just some slackers who are looking for entertainment, but people who who are actually going to use it and care about it and are more likely maybe to buy their books or help them out in business. And mm-hmm. so the fact that we have a paid audience helps in that way. I can say I have thousands of paying customers. Everyone who's going to watch your course is a paying customer. Paying customers with us are much more likely to be your paying customers too because it means that they have some some money. It means that they're willing to pay. It means that they're willing to pay for education, for things that help their business. So that's it. Right. So let me ask you this, and um, I'm looking at the time, and I know we're going to have to wrap pretty soon because I'm sure you have something else right after this. Um, when you When you start thinking about or when I think about a course and I'm looking at Mixergy and I'm thinking about Udemy and I just, it's, it's funny. It's, you know, when I look at some things and I'm like, okay, maybe I should go that route. I'll start seeing it all over the place. And I heard an interview and I, I don't remember whose podcast it was on. I guess I'll have to put that in the show notes. Once I find it, it could have been Davis, Eidman Garland. It, it may have actually been, um, the solopreneur hour. They were talking to the creator of Udemy. No, as a matter of fact, it was Pat Flynn. Um, from the Smart Passive Income podcast. I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea. But when I think about a Udemy, how do you feel about taking your knowledge and putting it out on a site that you don't actually control versus keeping it in-house like you do at Mixergy? 
And, you know, what's, what's like the plus and minus of doing it? I would do it on – not only would I. I did it. They were – they're friends of mine. They wanted to experiment with this idea of uh, Udemy. And I said – and they said, can we use anything from your site? I said, you can use anything you want from my site to do it. Whatever you need, if I if I created it, you can use it. I didn't even want to get paid. They paid me, which is nice. They keep paying me. But it's not really – to me, it's, it's not significant. What's significant is they get my ideas out there and – they help me create more interviewers. I think the world needs more curious people, and I'm happy that it's out there. I'm happy that they spend the time looking for new listeners for my stuff, and I can right. take the exact same ideas and put them up on my site too, and I do. So I can make money from the people that they get and make money for mine, or the better way to think about it is I can spread the word to people who I can reach directly and they could spread the word to people who I can never reach, but they're obsessed with getting a hold of. So. I think you could do both. I'd also suggest that the long-form course format is overrated. I don't have the time to to watch and participate in, a, in every course that's out there that goes multiple hours. What I do have is I run into work every day. Where's my backpack? Somewhere there. Like I ran into work today. I whole time I run, I have my earphones on, mm-hmm. and I – um, I want to learn. I want to put something in my head that's entertaining, that's inspiring, that's motivating, that's educating, that will make me a better person when I arrive at the end of my run than when I started. And so I think it could just be something small. The important, I mean, shorter form. The important part for me is that it actually comes from a good source, that it works, that it makes sense. And so, yeah, I like putting my stuff out on other sites, but I don't like what, that all course makers start to think of themselves as college professors who have to teach day in and day out for a whole semester. I think shorter form makes more sense. Right. Now, uh, question, do you, do you do, um, and I haven't seen this. Do you do any keynotes? Yeah, I try not to do, not to do them. There's one that I did that I'm especially proud of. The only one that I think I did in the last year that was recorded, uh, world domination summit. Where I right, talked about yeah. this, we, I went through this whole countermine process, like you and I talked about, um, and then I also talked about the true mind, like the stuff that you really want. When I walked into work at that greeting card company, every day I walked into work not feeling like, "What if I can't make a sale? What if this thing falls apart?" I walked in every day ready to rip the world's head off because I was so eager to to do something. I walked right. in with this vision of being like the people who I admired. It was be like the biographies like the biographies that I read, and I would walk into work and it would be hard if you were to walk into work with me to keep up with me because I was on such a path, so determined. And that part is the most exciting part of life, to walk in with that vision of who you want to be, what you're here to do. That's the exciting part. So let's go down that a little bit. And so when when you get there, when you get to that point, and you, you get really excited about something that you're doing, but you have this other thing. So you have, you have work, but you have this thing that you're actually really excited about. And work starts to become gray. And it's like, how do you, how do you tell people, what do you recommend that they do when, they, when they're in one situation that they, eh, they like it, it's okay, but they see that there's so much more out there. And it's like your eyes have now been open to all of the possibilities and you're really wanting to chase it. How do you how do you recommend that people transition that or what 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 would you recommend they do? What do you mean? I don't, I don't understand the question. Sorry. So so you're in a work situation and you have a job, but you have this thing like you're passionate about, like you were with the greeting card company, and that's what you really want to do. But it's it just doesn't make the revenue for you to be able to walk away from it that actually pays your bills. How do you make that transition? I would try to – there was a long time that the greeting card business didn't make the revenue I wanted, but I kept focusing on how much money I wanted. I'll tell you how much money. I would, I'll tell you one of my mantras. My mantra at the time was a million dollars. You could wake me in the middle of the night and ask me what I wanted if I was bleary-eyed, ill, unaware of what was going on. I could tell you – well, I wouldn't tell you because it was a secret, but I would know it, a million dollars. And you could have a conversation with me and talk about how people shouldn't focus about fo- focus on money and they should focus on more important things. In my head, I wouldn't even argue with you. In my head, I would just think a million dollars. I'm going to get a million dollars. I remember when I hit that million-dollar target. It felt great. And then I set another mantra, another goal. Um, and that's what it was. I knew that mantra. I 
that that thing that you want, but most people don't. You wake them up in the middle of the night and what they're full of is nothing but fears, nothing but worries, nothing but un, but doubt and uncertainty. And I'm not pointing fingers and saying I'm better than that. I still have those fears and worries and doubts, but I know the mantra. I, we have to have that one, I think, that focus like a, like a mantra repeating in our heads because everyone else's words are repeating in your heads. For me, it was my buddy Roman, my friend Roman who told me I should get a job. That could have been the mantra that was in my head. For most people, it would be just like that. Someone says, hey, you should get a job. Stop kidding yourself with this whole startup world. And it beca- and it reverberates in their head over and over. I wasn't going to let right. someone else plant a thought in my head that would echo over and over. I had my own, a million dollars. Okay, good. No, that's, that's kind of what I was looking for. Do you have yours? What's yours? I don't want to put you on the spot. It's okay if you don't. I don't. And that's the thing. I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, well, you know what? I want this, and it, it's kind of freedom. And it's, and it's, I'm like, I want freedom from this other stuff. I know that it's other stuff out there. I'm just not exactly sure how I'm going to get there. It's okay. And I, that's, I, I mean, that's no just idea the, how I was going to get there. I didn't think it would be greeting cards. I thought it would be email newsletters. It ended up being greeting cards. Go freaking figure. Greeting cards. I don't <laughs> even like greeting cards. I hate greeting. I hated greeting cards. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, today I, I like them. I have. Uh, no cards here. I'm a much calmer person, so I could send out thank you cards and all that. But back then, I was so determined right. to succeed that anyone who spent five seconds picking out a greeting card and then another five seconds writing one, I thought was a, was a, was wasting their time. So it wasn't about the path; it was about the end goal. And, no, no, no. That's that's good. I, and I'm glad you put me on the spot with that because it's um it's one of those things. It's like, well, you know, I'm I was thinking about it as you were saying. I'm like, I don't know what would I say. It wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that. So I, I need to work on that. That one that thing. Let me buy you a set of beads like this and send you something that I've written about how, how it works. I've called you out here about your traffic. I've been and you've been open with me. I want you right. to be just as open and say, Andrew, you know what, this doesn't work. And just as open with yourself and say, Hey, this does freaking work. Whatever it is, we'll adjust, we'll change, we'll learn. Let's be honest. But be open with it. Here, I'm gonna buy you beads. How do I even freaking do it? Here. I'll give you a Q. There you go. Done. Get that and try it. Everyone should, whether they have beads here that are going to help them or, or, or what, have that mantra, that one thing that you want that's repeating in your head over and over and over again. And I'm not judging you. Frankly, I was a person who was right. so fixated on money that my mantra was money-related. Maybe for, for the audience, it's something different. Maybe for you, it's about freedom, whatever it is. Have that thought. Understand what you want and let that echo over and over. Let that be your guide instead of all these things that you don't want. Remember, target fixation. It also works on the good the good side. Mm-hmm. Fixate wow. on what you want. Right. Now, this is awesome. I didn't expect it. It definitely went in a direction that I hadn't planned, but that's a good thing. I like that. Good. Me so, too. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I said good. Me too. Me too. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. We're just uh, about two minutes over. And I don't want to keep you. I know that you've got stuff that you've got to get doing, get going on. And so I just wanted to thank you, Andrew, for coming on to the show. And uh, hey, guys, you know what? Before you say goodbye, let me do one more thing. Did did you just end it? Am I interrupting the ending like I interrupted your questions? No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Let me try. Five people from your audience, I will send them beads if they will – I don't even have a website. If they email me, truemind at mixergy.com, I will buy them beads too. I will send them um, uh, the guide on how to use it. I will not sell them anything if there is no sales process in this. In fact, email me and say, I heard you say that you're not going to charge me with Vernon. If you're one, I will send you the beads. I will show you how to do it. I want, I want people to do it and to give me some feedback and tell me if it's working for them, to tell me if they're becoming as rabid about their goals, about if they're becoming – if they are using target fixation to their advantage. Uh, and if they are, great. If they're not, I'll learn from it and we'll adjust. But let's say five people. I think I could send out five. Yeah, I want to explore that. I'm, uh, I'm curious about the beads and – what what's involved in that whole these process, are meditation so. beads people can't see it so it sounds like what are these magic beads it's just meditation beads just beads strung right. up on a, on a on a string and the reason that we use them is because i want to hold you accountable i don't want anyone out there to say all right i got my mantra my mantra is freedom great i said a freedom 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 i feel it five seconds and then they move on with their day no when you have this mm-hmm. thing in your hand you really start to connect with it when you have this thing in your hand you can't stop until the beads are done and you will, and you'll feel it, and you walk through your life, and you're going to, ask to actually start to express what you want to be, who you are. Very cool. Done. Awesome. 
So I'll tell you what, um, that's, that's, that's it, guys. This was Andrew Warner. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I'll catch you on the next episode. And that's it. Amazing. I was sweating <laughs> after this interview. I had to go upstairs and wipe my head. I mean, it was one of those things that this was rough for me at first. I mean, I was okay with answering every question and talking about everything openly. I'm pretty transparent when it comes to that stuff. I don't like to um, basically just lie to people and say, oh, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that when you're really not. You know, I'm doing it, but there are some things that you need to work on and you need to be open with revealing so that you can move forward. So what do you guys think about this whole true mind movement? It is uh, something else. I've been wanting to meditate for a long time. I've done some of it. I've done some of those 21-day challenges, and they've helped and moved me forward quite a bit. But this one is different, and I've never actually used meditation beads. So the offer that Andrew made in the episode, five users or five listeners, all you guys got to do is just send send Andrew an email. And what I really would like for you guys to do is to send me an email, just vernon at vernonross.com, and let me know that you guys you know want to participate because we want to track you know which five people from my audience actually took advantage of it. So send me an email. I'll get you guys in touch with Andrew, and then we can move forward for there because I'm going to have to give you a promo code so that you can get the beads for free because you don't have to pay for them. It's five of these you know, meditation beads, and they're really neat. I got mine um, just a couple days ago. I actually started using them yesterday, and in one day, it's actually made a difference in my focus and where my focus is, and my thoughts are a lot more succinct with what it is that I want to get accomplished. So I really want you guys to be able to take advantage of that. This was a crazy, awesome interview. I've chatted with Andrew in email, you know, after the fact, and he loved it. Looking forward to, you know, seeing what my progress is and and moving forward with that. So I hope you guys go back, listen to the episode again. Make sure that you pick up on some of the stuff. The things on target fixation and how you can fixate you know, if you're on a bike and there's a branch in the middle of the road, you know, how you crash your business. That was one of the things that we talked about. But we also talked about, you know, how do you use it in a positive manner? You know, you want to swerve around that branch in the road. You don't want to crash into it. You don't want to crash into that wall. You want to take control and fixate on the target that you want to achieve. And don't let those countermine thoughts come in and and bug you and bother you. I'm also going to link in the show notes to the um, the talk that Andrew gave at World Domination Summit. You guys should really listen to that. It's about 24 minutes long, but it is really good and will really go into what true mind is and talk about it and talk about those, those countermine thoughts. And some of the things that we talked about in the interview, he also talked uh, about at World Domination Summit. So it is um, it's a good video. You guys definitely should take the time to watch it. This interview is also videoed. Andrew wanted to do video. I normally just do audio, but I'm kind of liking the video. It was a little difficult to edit um, a couple things out because I'm not really in the video that much as far as editing. I When I do videos on YouTube, they're just boom, here you go. I usually don't edit. So this was a little bit of a challenge for me, but it was fun and I really enjoyed it. And I hope you guys you know enjoy watching me squirm on video because it was pretty funny at least when I went back and watched it. So definitely make sure, take advantage of everything in this in this particular episode that we talked about. Also, make sure that you, um, you, you check out the Everything Store, Jeff Bezos. You can get a free copy of that book by going out to audible.com, sign up for a 330-day trial. There's a link in the show notes for that for you guys. Of course, it is an affiliate. So <laughs> please support the show by going out there and taking care of that. Uh, also check out the site. I've uh, changed a couple of the affiliate programs that I actually have on the site. I only usually promote one product or something that I'm actually currently using. And I use Manage Flitter. I've used the pro version. Um, I use the free version to, you know, go through my Twitter following and find out, you know, those robot accounts that you've said okay to and they don't post anything but Russian spam 
nothing against Russians, but that's where a lot of my spam comes from. And, you know, bad accounts and people that just really aren't active on Twitter. It helps you clean up your Twitter following and engage more with an audience that is actually listening to you. So definitely check out Managed Flirt. It's just on the right-hand side of the site. That is pretty much it, guys. Again, uh, I'm loving this band, Singleton. They're the music in the uh, episode again this episode. So we're going to go out to the music from Singleton. You can find those guys online on Facebook.com slash singleton and also i just want to give a couple shout outs to um, people that have talked to me on twitter so i wanted to give a shout out to manifest digital thanks a lot guys for listening to the show i hope you enjoy the jamie tardy episode also blue gino thanks a lot for you know tuning in and making a couple suggestions we're talking about having a user on so or a listener on if you guys want to uh, get on the podcast and talk about your business and what you're doing definitely shoot me an email vernon at vernonross.com let me know that you want to be on here and thanks so much guys for the itunes reviews morpheus 615 appreciate you tuning in and listening and look for you know more episodes like this and other stuff that we're doing again guys thanks a lot for supporting me in the podcast we're eight episodes in and i am looking forward to some of the stuff that we have coming up we have even bigger guests if that is possible bigger than Andrew Warner coming on the show coming up in 2014. So we are coming to you weekly. I really do appreciate you guys supporting and listening to the podcast. And with that, I'm going to take it out of here. Enjoy the music on the way out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.